0: Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc Shoto UMC or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website. And again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us.
1: down before him. Love and adore him. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord.
0: Well, today, of course, we are continuing on and we are now to the third commandment in this sermon series. If you Remember the first commandment, it's that we should have no other gods. You can do your finger trick and hold up the number one. If you remember the second commandment, it's that you should not bow down to false idols. You can take your other one and have it bow down. Number three, if we use our three fingers, is that we should not misuse the Lord's name or use the Lord's name in vain. So you can cover your mouth with these three fingers as a way to remember that you're not supposed to spew those things out and misuse the Lord's name. So let's take a look at our scripture reading and see exactly what this commandment says as we read it in the scripture. We'll be reading it in unison today, if you would all join together with me. And this is Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, amen. The third commandment typically seems to be straightforward. We get in trouble for that a lot as little kids. But I think and I hope that we will find that the third commandment is much more than just using the Lord's name as a cuss word. To put that into perspective a little bit in the way that Adam Hamilton thinks about this, think about how many times any of you have ever received a notification from a friend, whether it's on Facebook or from email, I know that you've received this from me personally here at the church, letting you know that somebody has hacked them and not to accept any new friend requests. Or if you get an email saying, hey, it's Pastor Julie and I'm in a meeting and can't respond, send money right away. Don't do that. (laughs) It's not me, I promise you. (laughs) And so these things do happen. We live in a very digital world and there are hackers out there. They try to take over a digital footprint. They attempt to gain money. And these can lead to very harmful things. Most of the time, I think we recognize that it's not actually the person that we know on the other end. But there are times that this can happen and they can get hacked. I've known it to happen to people's social media accounts after they pass away. And then there's spam messages going out that are very, very out of character and very harmful sometimes to the people that receive it. Unfortunately, when somebody's name or profile is misused in this way, there's not a lot that the person can do about it. You can report it. You can change your password. You can let your friends and your family know that this has happened and not to accept any friend requests or to reply to the emails or anything. But unless a real crime has been committed, there's not much that can be done about it. And so unfortunately, this is just the world that we live in and it's something that we have to be aware of. But if you've ever had this happen to you where somebody has misused your name or tried to impersonate you, it's not a good feeling at all. And it can really do damage to you as a person. Adam Hamilton parallels this to what God is speaking about in this third commandment when he says that you should not misuse the Lord's name. And part of the reason that he parallels this is because Adam's trying to make the point that there is so much more to misusing the Lord's name than just to use it as a cuss word or as profanity. So, here's a little bit of background so that we can lead into what exactly he is meaning by this. You may recall over the last several weeks that I had mentioned in the Hebrew Bible, it was not the word Lord that was originally written, instead, it was the capital letters YHWH. In Hebrew, they did not have vowels, and so they would use dots or markings to space apart any time that there were syllables or any time that there needed to be an enunciation in the word, but it was all these capital letters. They were letters and symbols. We don't exactly know how YHWH is pronounced. Most of the time, we typically pronounce it as Yahweh But you may recall that I also mentioned a few weeks ago that there are people who pronounce this as Jehovah. So who's right and wrong? Jehovah and Yahweh do not sound anything alike. The truth is we have no idea who is right or wrong. In the Jewish tradition, they eventually completely stopped using the word Yahweh because it was so sacred. And because of this commandment to never misuse it or use the Lord's name in vain, they held Yahweh to a completely different level of sanctification than any other word. And so they replaced it with the word Lord. It's interesting if you think back on how many times the word Yahweh is used in the Old Testament. It's over 6,000 times. Yahweh is an extremely important name for God. And if we were to think about what exactly Yahweh means, there's not words or descriptions in our English language to fully describe it in the way that they understood it then. We can think of God as being all things, that God is being, that God is the creator of all, the sustainer of all, the provider of all. But even that does not come close to truly describing Yahweh. What we do know is that the word Yahweh or Lord or any name that we have for God, for us that's a triune God, is not to be misused. So if we think about this in the ways that that applies to us today, I want us to think about some of the names that we have. We may still call God Yahweh. Of course, we use the word God. We call him God, the Father, the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. This is all sounding familiar. We also know a lot of people who may call God the sustainer, people who call God Abba. And then for us as Christians, we have Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son, and, of course, we have the Holy Spirit. All of these things are names, names that we refer to and that we understand as this triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What separates them, especially in this commandment, is to think about any of these names, any of these words, Do we view them and hold them as reverent? And if so, then they should not be misused. So let's take a look at what misusing them actually means. Well, of course, using it in profanity is one way that we should not misuse the Lord's name. And I'm going to say Lord probably throughout most of this, of course, referring to it as Yahweh in the original text and understanding that there are all of these names that we use underneath that umbrella. But what does it mean to misuse the Lord's name? I think all of us are probably very guilty of a very popular phrase right now, OMG, as the sermon title is. That kind of became a shortened version, of course, of saying, oh my God, and using it in a way that we are not really truly crying out to God. All of us, I am sure, are very guilty of doing something that I have been guilty of doing, and that is, if I stub my toe, or if I'm mad at my kids, or if something really just irks me, I will definitely be one to say, I swear to God, or Jesus Christ, have you ever done that? I know I'm not alone on that. These are ways that we should not use the Lord's name. If we think of profanity or even just profane, it literally means, looking at the Latin root, pro means outside and phantom means temple. So in the original meaning of this word, it meant literally to take something holy from within the temple and throw it outside of the temple. In other words, it was debasing or desecrating something holy, stripping it of its sacred character. So to misuse the Lord's name in vain and saying this in other words, it could mean that we're stripping the Lord's name of its reverence, or we're using the Lord's name with no significance. So a first little side thought here, I'm gonna have three of these points for you to think about is are you guilty of using the Lord's name as a form of profanity or in that type of expression? And if you are, I would really encourage you to make a commitment to try to stop doing that. Speaking of commitment, then, another way that we often end up misusing God's name is through our commitments or through our actions. What do I mean by that? Well, anytime that we have ever been told to tell the truth, we particularly think about in court, but we often say this just as part of our vocabulary. A lot of times we will say, I swear to God, or in the name of God, or even on the presidential oath, they make a promise to all of us as citizens and then they say, so help me God. By doing this, when we break that trust or when we go away from our intentions of doing it in God's name, we aren't just breaking that among people in this world. We're misusing God's name by taking that oath and that commitment in God's name, we are misusing it. We often think about this as well in religious wedding ceremonies. Anytime that I've officiated a wedding and my own wedding vows, these are traditionally the words that we use in a church wedding. We say, in the name of God, I, Julie, take you, Robert, to be my husband. When we make those vows, it is not just to our spouse, It also is with God in that covenant. And when we break those vows, we are not just hurting our husband, we are not just hurting our family, or our wife too. I guess not everyone is married to a husband. (laughs) Our wife or our spouse. But we're not just hurting our family by doing that. We are also breaking that covenant with God. And we are breaking our promise that in the name of God, we have fallen short. This is another way that we misuse God's name. And it doesn't necessarily have to be all about when we're under oath in court, hardly any of us ever experienced that, or hopefully we're not experiencing wedding vows often in our life, but this is really a part of our everyday society. Telling little white lies, or stretching the truth, or leaving out pertinent information is something that is very common in our world. It's almost like it doesn't even matter anymore. It's become expected that you can't trust every word of every person. And I think that's something that needs to change. We shouldn't make promises in the name of God and do that all of the time, but we should be good, honest people. And by being good, honest people, by telling the truth in everything that we do, We are reflecting Christ, and that is a way that we are able to show Christ to the world. Something that rarely is said anymore is, particularly at people's funerals, you would hear people talk about them, and part of their character would be that their word was their bond, or that their word was gold. So the second thought that I want you to think about for yourself is how can you, or what do you need to do to become a person who is known for keeping their promise and telling the truth? A final piece and way that we misrepresent God and that I want us to really think about is, have any of you ever worked for a company that allowed you to drive a company vehicle. And on the side of that vehicle was the logo. I think of this often. Of course, we live right here by the highway, so almost every day I see Three Rivers vehicles or I see a Shoto Schools vehicle or a City of Shoto vehicle drive by. And when I see that vehicle, I don't look and think, oh, there's Bob or there's Sally. I think, oh, there's the Three Rivers crew going to fix something or work on something with our power. Or oh, there's the Shodo schools and they're taking a group of kids to an activity to go do something. I never think about this as an individual driving a vehicle. I think about it as a representation of what it is that they are driving or working for. And so in that thinking, how is being a Christian really any different? We label ourselves as a Christian. And when we go out into the world, We are representing Christ in all things that we do, in all of our deeds, in all of our thoughts, in all of our words. When we go out and do that, I think that it's easy to say that there are some times that we misuse, have misused, labeling ourselves as a Christian, labeling ourselves as a follower of Christ. We go out and we mess up. And maybe that's a good thing in a way because that does show people the grace of Christ, but it's not something we could, should go strive to do. We know that because we are human, we are going to continue sinning. And we are going to continue messing up. And we are going to misuse labeling ourselves as a follower of God and a believer in that way. But it's not something we should go try to do. The other side of that, of course, is that when we go out into the world and we are representing Christ well, when we talk about Christ, when we show others Christ and we show goodness in this world, we are representing Christ. And we are showing others who it is that we believe in. And when we do that, we're glorifying God's name rather than misusing it. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us this and reminds us of this in a way of putting this commandment and this thought of glorifying God into the New Testament words. Jesus says, let your light shine before people so that they can see good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. So this third thought I want you to think about is how can you represent God By letting your light shine into the world. To be a person who goes way beyond just coming here on Sunday mornings and sitting here listening to a sermon or going home and reading your Bible and knowing what it says. How can you be a person who goes way beyond that and goes out into the world to be the image of God and to show others who our amazing God is? Adam Hamilton shares a story that really touched me in his book, Words of Life. And it was, to me, about a man who really does a wonderful job of hallowing God's name. What do I mean by that, hallowing God's name? We say that in the Lord's Prayer, of course. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. To hallow God's name, it means that we are sanctifying God's name, or revering God's name, or blessing God's name. So how do we do that and be a good example of hallowing God's name in this world? The man who told this story in Adam Hamilton's book was named Brian. And Brian had heard about this local pizza restaurant. It was at the beginning of the pandemic, and the restaurant was near his office. His office was not located in a good neighborhood in Kansas City. In fact, it was part of what they consider their inner city there. He typically would not dine at any of these restaurants because it was known for being unsafe but he had heard this pizza was phenomenal. So he decided, okay, trying to support local businesses during this pandemic. So I'm gonna order carry out and I'll go grab it and go home and we'll enjoy what is known as being this wonderful pizza. So Brian did, he got off work and he went to the pizza place and he was waiting on his order. And when he arrived, he noticed that there were a whole lot of youth and children standing around there waiting but not one parent in sight. He thought that this was strange, and so being very puzzled by what was going on here, he asked the owner named Gary what exactly was going on. Gary ends up telling him that for decades, he had opened up his pizza restaurant to any child of any age, no questions asked, If they were not going to get supper, they could come by his pizza place and get a slice of pizza for free. Every night, he said that there would be multiple children out there, multiple youth. It became a cool hangout for them, and they would come and get their free pizza. Brian was in awe, so he paid for his pizza, and as he was about to leave, Gary looked around at all of the youth and kids that were out there, And he said with a smile, isn't God so great? Brian said that he thought to himself, you know, here's this guy, he's running this pizza place in one of the most underprivileged streets in the entire city during a global pandemic. And the only thing that I could see on his face was pure joy. He said it was just awesome to see No one ever expects a restaurant owner to be just giving away free food, especially night after night for decades, and especially during a pandemic. You know that most of this was coming out of pocket. But by doing so, Brian recognized that this man, this pizza place owner, Gary, had truly become the vehicle by which God gave kids their daily bread. That is what it looks like to hallow God's name. To do the complete opposite of misrepresenting and misusing God's name. When we honor God's way, God's name in this way, we provide life to others. And we end up finding joy and happiness and life for ourselves in the process. As we end this today, I hope that you are thinking about the ways that misusing God's name is so much more than just using it as profanity. And I hope that you are thinking about the ways that you can go out and hallow God's name to sanctify God's name in all that you do. I'd like to leave you with these words. As you know, Adam Hamilton writes this in the book at the end of the chapter for each commandment. And he writes these words of what he thinks Jesus might be saying to us if Jesus was to stand up here today. This is what he thinks Jesus would tell us this week. As my followers, you represent me. Just as I came to bring light to this world, and that light lives in you, I want you to let your light shine so that others may be drawn to it and not repelled from it, and that they may find my Father because of you. You'll find joy and meaning in life as you seek to live each day in such a way that you hallow my name in your words, thoughts, and actions. Amen. We will be reflecting with our hymn this morning on singing There's Something About That Name. If you would like to follow along in your hymnal, it's number 171, and we'll be singing it through twice.
1: Jesus. The fragrance after.